Hello, this is Gidon Rothstein, and this is Perak Yud Aleph, chapter 11 of Sefer Mishle, of the book of Proverbs. The Perak opens up, and we're going to study this Perak again with Rabbi Yonah. We studied yesterday's Perak with Rabbi Yonah as well. However, you may remember back in Perakim uh, Vav and, and Hey, uh, Vav and Zion, we did Rabbi Ralbag twice. So this is the makeup Perak for Rabbi Yonah to get, another, to get more of a sense or another example of his teaching. The parak opens with the pasuk was name your to avat Hashem ve'evin shlema ritzo. No, that a false weight is a abomination to Hashem, whereas a proper full stone that weighs it properly and appropriately is what Hashem wants. Rabbi Yonah is bothered by this because, first of all, it is simply a repeat of a prohibition in the Torah. He wants to know why Shlomo Melech had to put it in. In addition to which, the the he understands Mishle as being or these sets of pesukim with Mishle about broad uh, character traits. Whereas this most Nehemiah is about a specific type of a sin. So it's a type of a sin, but why would you do this? So he says, no, this is meant to be an example. It's to give you an example of the very end of the previous chapter was Pivish Ein Tapukot, that they lie. So this is an example of the lying, in addition to which, Ben says, part of the problem here is, as Chazal say, that you're not even allowed to own such false weights, even if you never use them. So this would be Mosnei Mirma is that the existence of Mosnei of false weights, is a toiva, is an abomination to Hashem. And that means it's not only the fact of lying that's a problem, but it's even the readiness to lie or setting up a world in which lies and falsehood can be a, can exist are a problem. So that is Pazit Allah for Yona and its point about the value, the value, the importance, the essential nature of honesty as opposed to dishonesty. Pazit Bed Bazadon Vayavokalon the eight sinuim chokma. The JPS says it is when arrogance appears, disgrace follows. Bazadon vayavokalon. Whereas wisdom comes with those who are not sinuim, they understand is as unassuming, right? Um, but bazadon, the Rabbiniona thinks that with zadon with arrogance comes the tendency to revile others, to treat others inappropriately because you want to increase your own honor. And so you treat others lowly to prove that you are a person who has all this great uh, power and honor and and prestige. Or you can't bother, you can't, because you think you're so important, you can't bear any um, discomfort. And therefore you react to it angrily immediately. Whereas Snui and says tend to be people who are quiet, because they hold things within themselves. They don't speak a lot. They don't need to push themselves into the forefront, and they don't need to show everything that's in their hearts. And therefore, and that's a passage he quotes from later on, even an idiot or even a fool who stays quiet will be thought of as somebody wise, and that is there's a value there. So that's the Etznuim Kokhma. They will have true wisdom because they understand not to put themselves always into the forefront. The integrity of the upright guides them. The deviousness of the treacherous leads them to ruin. So you think that you're the the treacherous, that the bogdim uh, think that they're finding the right way around everything. They think they're finding the patent, the trick. They're finding the way to advance themselves. So that's not going to be true. So the Rabbi Yim points out that the pasuk is contrasting yisharim and I'm sorry, the links. Being yashar, having integrity, with being tone, with being perfect, and with being um, blameless, and with being whole. Everything it says that's because they're very similar to each other, and that's where the pasuk puts them together because they are in fact very linked qualities. One who has real integrity and sticks to his integrity, so that is a person who's also going to be on the road to uh, wholeness and to shlemut. 
And so that's what they want. They want they the nefesh atam, the person who's whole is looking for ahava and chevra, and they're very similar things, and that's going to lead them on the path towards this kind of thing, towards completion and perfection of character. And that's why a per, and that's why they're tamim. So it's a, a simplicity and a niceness towards others. That's a, that's what a tamim is, and that's why we talk, when we talk about Sadiq tamim, he points out the Gemara says, tamim bidrachav, they act properly and appropriately, and tamim bimidotab. Um, and so that's what Tumat Yisharim is here, for Rabbein Yona, they're always looking for the Yosher for what's right, and what's proper, and what's appropriate, and they try to get rid of all their other desires that would keep them away with that, except for those that will uphold their body's health, their physical health. That's sort of the, in the medieval period, in the Rishonim period at least, that is the standard for what's appropriate to do in terms of your physical self, is to keep yourself health, alive and healthy and well, but not to indulge your physicality any more than that. Um, and the qualities of, of the character qualities that come to a person who's a Yashar will help them, Rabbi says, with everything else, and therefore it will guide you, meaning you'll develop the proper character for its own sake, and it will also guide you in the right way to live a life. And then the opposite will be true, of the of the bogdim of the traitorous, they are the opposite of yosher. So that's a very interesting thing, right? Yosher is integrity. The opposite of integrity is a lack of integrity. Is not doing always the most honest thing. But Rinyona says it's really bigida. It's really traitorousness and treachery, and that is the contrast to yashar is a bogade, which I think is a lot worse than maybe some people think. Some people say, well, it doesn't have all the the, be- the greatest integrity in the world, but it's not a bogade. Rinyona is saying no. They really are linked to each other. If you're not a Yashar or striving to be a Yashar, you really are on the path of being a Bogate. On the days of anger and days of trouble, then your fortune won't help you, whereas Tzedaka will save you. And this is very similar to ideas we saw in the previous chapter, that your fortune isn't what's going to save you. It'll be mitzvah that will save you. And you think that when you spend money on mitzvahs, you're actually decreasing your security, really you're doing uh, the opposite. You are increasing your security because all of that money won't help you if there's a day of true anger, whereas Taka will save you because those actions will be actions that weigh in your behalf and in your favor. So a Tamim, again, for a Benyon is somebody who has perfected their character and worked on improving their character, and they're called a Tamim, even he says, even though they don't have a lot of wisdom, this is an important piece of it. Sometimes people think that it's intellectual strengths that help you. For Biniono, without denying the value of chokhmah of wisdom, he's saying though that that, that when we talk about the tzikat of a tamim, that's just acting properly and probably developing the right kind of a character, having nothing to do with your intelligence. Will carry over, will spill over into your actions, and then a rasha will be the reverse, that you can't, if you have a bad character, you can't sound like you can just keep it inside and be bad inside, but you'll do all the right things, because it won't happen, because your character eventually shows itself in your actions as well, and that's why the Pasuk says, that a rasha will always be tripped up by his internal rasha, by his internal evil, even if he doesn't intend to, it's going to reveal itself, it's going to show itself in his actions. Pasuk Vav Tzikat um, so, the Tzadikim, it's very similar to the previous Pasuk, that it's going to save them, and then the Bogdim, the treacherous ones, are going to be entrapped by their Bigida. It's very similar, just that um, that Rabbi Yonah points out that 
um, it's the love of righteousness that will lead Sadiqim to do things even if they're difficult to get to there and then that will eventually save them whereas Rashim will be the opposite Pasuk Zayin Bimot Adam Rashad Tovad Tikvav Tokelet Onim Avada when it's coming to tell you, Rabbi Yonah says, of how wrong the path of a rasha is, because, and that therefore you should not be impressed with or jealous of his success. So in the previous chapter we spoke about Bernard Madoff, let's speak about it a little bit for, again, man was 70 years old, he was extremely successful for the past 10, 20, 30, 40 years. Uh, and you can easily imagine somebody being uh, envious of that and thinking, why can't I be that successful? Turns out the answer is that you can't be that successful because he was cheating and lying and stealing and without doing those things you weren't able to be that successful and you need to know that all of his success is only in this world and as soon as he dies it's going to go away whereas and also the same thing those who do wrongful kinds of things all goes away when they pass from this world so that's not always an easy calculus to internalize but the puzzle is telling you that you should recognize there are some people who have certain kinds of success, but it's only limited to as long as your life goes on, and then it's gone, and it's completely uh, out of um, out of their accounting. Whereas tzaddikim will uh, will sometimes, Rabbeinu says, sometimes uh, there will have been an evil decree against them, but they'll be safe from it by virtue of their tikkut of their of their uh, righteousness, and sometimes a rasha will give kofro. But uh, Rashad will be put in his stead and will bear that punishment or bear that time of trouble. Instead, Reniona adds, and all of these psukim are coming to tell us or to remind us not to be jealous of Rashim when they succeed. So earlier chapters might have given the impression that Reniona thinks that Rashim will always be immediately wiped out, but he recognized there are times when Rashim, when evildoers are succeeding, and therefore these psukim come to remind us that that is not a kind of a success, even if it goes on for decades, to be jealous of or to be concerned with because if it's not done in the right way, then it's a problem. Of course, we don't always recognize it's not done in the right way, and that's a challenge to us, but that's a different discussion. So, the GPS has the impious man destroys his neighbor through speech, but through their knowledge, the righteous are rescued. So, how does the chanef, we in uh, the Renyon at least, thinks of the word chanef as being not just impious, but chanef as being flattery. So how does flattery hurt somebody? Because a flatterer will will praise somebody to their face and they'll be nice to them, and then inside they hate them and they think of them as abomination and and they're they're all angry with them. Whereas tzaddikim can be saved from the chanev. Why? Because they don't. Oh, and part of what happens is the person who gets the flattery might then get a swelled head, might get then get to think of themselves being so great. They won't try to work on themselves. They won't try to improve themselves. They'll have an inflated sense of themselves, and that will destroy them. So the chaneif, even though the chaneif doesn't mean it, not only is the chaneif doing something wrong, but the chaneif can really damage the other person because the other person will come to believe his own publicity, come to think of himself as important, and that's a problem. Whereas the tzaddikim will be saved because they won't buy into it. They won't be lured into that. They will know themselves. They will know what's true and what's not true about themselves, and they will continue to work. And those things need to be worked on, and even those things that are true, they won't allow it to be to create arrogance in them. And so this is not about specifically whether Tzadikim will succeed or won't succeed, or whether Rishaim will succeed or won't succeed, but that the but that the success of Tzadikim is not good only for them, it's good for everybody around them. Whereas when Rishaim have their downfall, though 
if you take the Madoff scandal right now, it's certainly painful for those who were caught up in it. But uh, is really should be a time of joy because the removal of Rishaim, the removal of evil from the midst of a city or of a community will lead to that community being in a, on a solid, more solid ground and a more, on a firmer ground and therefore it's really a cause for joy when such people are removed from the midst of the of the um, of the community. When Yesharim, people of integrity, succeed and are the ones who are promoted and have wealth and all those things, that will help, uh, will lift the entire community, state, city, polity, whatever you want to say, because they will draw people to their wisdom then. When they succeed, people will listen to them and they will follow their ways, which are the right ways. Whereas Rishaim teach wrong lessons, aside from their own success being a bad lesson, but that people will then follow them through lies and gossip and all of those kinds of things. So even if there's a time, and this is, a, I think, a key point to think about, even if there's a time when that community might still be prosperous, they're doing it based on a foundation that is sure to fail at some point. And that is the daunting issue that needs to be thought of and needs to be remembered is that when you have Rishayim leading a city or leading a community or leading a polity, they are in fact damaging everybody for all that it might seem in the short run that everybody's successful and rich and wealthy and healthy, it will in fact, the roots of that are going to be so rotted that it won't be good. So Bazlareyehu, some of you speak contemptuously of his fellow man. And Reniona said, because if you're willing to speak so badly about somebody else, it shows that you don't really understand the proper way to live. You're, uh, you're lacking in some kind of knowledge and da'at. You have a lack of midot, a lack of discipline. And therefore, an ishtunot yacharish. You will, the, an ishtunot will maybe see the same flaws in that person, but they will just stay silent because it's not appropriate to speak to him or about him because then you'll become like him in descending to his level. There's a whole question of when do you speak about somebody else if there's no purpose to it, if there's no value to it, if there's no productivity to it, so you're supposed to not. And that's Pasuk Yudgimel, a Pasuk that is linked by the Gemara to issues of Lashon Harachal. Somebody just goes around spreading information is revealing secrets. The Chazal uses this just as a striking example. If somebody's on a court case and there are three judges and, it, and the case is one, two to one, the judge who lost is not allowed to go in and say, well, I voted for you, the loser, but they overwhelmed me and it was majority rules. Now, that, the Gemara says, it's not that you're lying, it's that you're spreading information that should not be spread. That is an inappropriate quality and linked to the quality of Lashon Hara, of slandering and gossiping, and a Ne'eman Ruach, somebody who has an appropriate understanding of how to act, is and covers it over, and they keep it where it should be. Um, this is not an argument for hiding information that's important and vital for the public to get. It's hiding information that's nobody's business and that will only cause strife if it gets out there. For the lack of a proper strategy, the nation falls or the army fails and the people who have the right advice can provide chua, can provide salvation. So Rubiniona here says that it's that to lead a nation or to lead an army or to lead a city you need to think carefully, you need to understand all of the dangers that are approaching that city, you have to understand how the future works and how different things lead to different effects, different causes lead to different effects, and you have to guide all of that. So you need a lot of advice, you need to take 
a lot of advice, rova there, you get a lot of opinions together, and then you'll be able to come up with the proper and the right strategy. There's a movement like that in the world out there today, talking about the wisdom of groups of people, that groups of people, if you can harness all of their wisdom in some good way, you can get to a much better level of wisdom than any particular expert was able to have, even if the members of the group aren't particularly experts or broad-based experts. But that would be something similar here to Rabinio was saying, show up Rabinio 8, if you can just get a lot of different opinions, and people aren't just following each other, they're just telling you what they think, then the group as a whole can be aware of many issues that maybe any particular expert would not have been aware of, and then you can get to a better answer and a better way to run the society, to run the polity. Harm awaits him who stands a surety for another. This is a thing we've seen earlier in Mishnah, that somebody who is an arave for somebody else will have problems, whereas sonet but somebody who spurns pledging, so be scared is a challenging process because we generally think that to be an array for somebody else to help them get a loan should be good. So Rabbi Yonah says that the contrast here is not between who is an array and is not an array. It's that when somebody's going to be an array and they don't know the person, the proper way to do it is to assume and think about it as just an example of staka and to expect that maybe you're going to have to pay this loan and therefore not to be an array for more than you're able to to tolerate in those terms, and then you'll be able to avoid all of these negativity, meaning that when you're in a rave for somebody you don't know well, or even sometimes somebody you do know well, they may default on a loan for various reasons. You may not like those reasons, and that part of being the arave is to understand that what you're really doing is you're setting it yourself up for the possibility of that, and then you won't have a problem. That's what the sonet took in boteach. If you, according to Rabbi Yonah, if you hate relying on this person to pay it back, then you'll be a boteach. Now, that has a downside in that you can then only be an array for as much as you really are able to pay yourself where, uh, as opposed to just helping a guy out by being the guarantor for a loan that you really expect him to pay. But that's the way everybody understands the way the financial things work. And I think he's perhaps assuming that you can't always trust other people's financial integrity and that somebody who uses you as an arave might, in the end, for various reasons, some good and not some not so good, just decide they're unable or unwilling to pay back what it was that they borrowed. And you need to keep that in mind when you start out. A graceful woman obtains honor, ruthless men obtain wealth. So va'aritzim here would seem to be a negative according to the JPS translation. Rabbi Yonah agrees and says what the contrast is is that an Eshet Chayin Uh, an Eshet Chayin, and he says the whole reason why it's not an Eshet Chayin, it could be anybody, but a person of real Chayin is somebody who will achieve kavod, who will achieve honor, meaning that people will recognize that they act properly and appropriately, and they will therefore have the honor of their actions, and people will respect them. But I would seem people who are ruthless and strong-armed kinds of people don't care about that, and all they care about is Osher, and they will therefore only seek wealth, and they will therefore neglect doing acts of kindness and acts of mitzvah, and they will even perhaps stop others from doing that, like Eishel Chayn, that's uh, how Raya Rabbeinu you know, thinks it refers to a woman, because such husbands would refuse to have their wives do such things as well, because all they focus on is Osher, and that will eventually lead to their downfall, because people will never give them kavod, will never respect them, they'll just have lots of wealth, and wealth on its own isn't a deep value. Pasuk Yudzayin Gomel Nafsho Ish Chasid, Ish Chasid, I think, V'ocher She'ero Achzari, that a person who does um, chesed and trains himself to follow the middle road in, 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 in physical pleasures and to separate himself from just ordinary desires and to 
just do it for as much as the body needs, as Rabbi Yonah has said on other occasions, and says here as well. So he is an each chassid because he is treating himself and training himself in a way that will cause a longer life and longer, maybe not physical, maybe not physical life, but longer existence and a more sure existence. Whereas an ocher she'ero is achzari. Whereas somebody who just destroys himself physically and is an ascetic and fasts all the time and doesn't treat his body properly, so he's really being wrong to himself. And he's actually also hurting himself because he won't be able to do the proper good things as well as he could either. Meaning if somebody uh, starves themselves till they're bedridden, then they also can't do acts of mitzvah and acts of chesed and acts of kindness as well. So Rabbi Yonah is saying, this is a promotion here of saying that you have to treat your physical body Properly, you just can't overindulge it. Pasuk Yudchet, Rasha Uksep Ulat Shaker Vzoret Taka Secher Emet. That the Rasha thinks that his actions in this world don't have any consequences. He just thinks he'll just work to to have physical pleasure, to get honor from other people, or to get a lot of money so he can have more houses or whatever it is. And he doesn't realize that at the end it's all going to fall apart, and everything that he tried to do will end with his death. Where somebody who's Zoreat's Daka, somebody who plants justice and good things, Rabbi Yonah says, and it's not even like planting grain. Because with grain, you can get flooded, it can get ruined, you can have a bad harvest, but it's Zoreat's Daka. So that's Sechremet, that is a sure, absolute way to get good reward. Because, as, as the Pasuk, as the Mishnah says, you'll be Ochel Perotim Balamazah, and the Karen Kayam you will get a reward in this world, and you'll still have all of it left over for the next world. So that is the real way, that's the real best investment, would be the way we would say it in business terms, that a Rasha does all these various lies and cheating and trickery, all seeking and striving for money and physical pleasure, and it all ends when he dies, whereas as a Rate Tzakasimni who plants, who invests in Tzaka and acts of kindness and goodness, they are guaranteeing themselves a return on the investment that cannot be taken away. And it's, and, and it's an affirmation of what we just said, that staka is really a way to get life without any doubt. Whereas, if you chase after evil, what you're really doing is you're sending yourself to your death. And here we mean not only your physical death, we mean one's uh, eternal and moral and spiritual death as well. That is what happens from seeking Ra'ah, which in Forbinyona in these Psukim is centrally focused on, just worth watching, centrally focused on uh, financial chicanery, mistreating others, arrogance, uh, overindulgence of one's appetites. All of those Forbinyona are, even though they have nothing to do with observing Shabbos, they don't, right? you can observe Shabbos and still have done all those things wrong that I just said. Even so, Rabinion is seeing Mishli as focusing on those as the height of evil. It's your wrong character, your wrong treatment of others, your wrong financial uh, involvement. So, Ikshelev for Rabinion or people of bad character, because it relates to your heart and it's telling you that just a bad character, this again has nothing to do with your observance of mitzvot or lack of observance of mitzvot in particular senses. But just a bad character, when anyone is saying, according to Pasuk Mishlei, are nit avim Hashem, are hated before God. Whereas Tmeimim, Tmeimei Darach, the people who are Shlemim, either they're born that way, which is lucky for them and, and nice for them, that they're born with a nice disposition, there are such blessed people, or the people who work and strive to change their character and succeed. And the, and the Gemara says, Rachman Aliba, Bayashim cares about your heart. And what that means is, according to Benyona, is a heart that is full of proper faith, 
improper character, and so too leiv tahor from improper appetites, and therefore he says a person has to work on all of these things because that's what the pasuk is telling you. Ritzono to mimidar Hashem values and is looking for people of the proper path, whether they were born that way or not. But as long as you strive toward that, that's the right set of endeavors, things you should be looking for to improve your character, improve your treatment of others, improve your sense of yourself, improve your level of involvement in this world and the appetites of this world. Not to be an ascetic, but not to overindulge them either. So if anyone thinks that the word yad here doesn't mean a hand, it means when you're dividing things, when you're giving out uh, portions of reward and punishment, or things like that. So when you understand this being yad, the yad, when Hashem is giving out the reward for that way we've acted, there's no way that a ra will get a reward. He can't get around the truth of Hashem's judgment, whereas it's Eretz Tzadikim, the descendants of Tzadikim and the people of Tzadikim, so they will be able to rely even, to some extent, on their forefathers, Tzadikim, that's why Hashem will go with them, Hashem will perhaps not judge them quite as He might have judged others. And that, uh, and that's, uh, and, that, and that's a, uh, an understanding of the way Hashem will work in the world that's coming out of this Pasuk. Nezim Zahav Afkazir, The JPS is like a gold ring in the snout of a pig, is a beautiful woman, bereft of sense. So Benyarna says, what's the whole point of this? So Nezim Zahav Afkazir is that jewelry and decorations are subsidiary always to the item that they are adorning. So a pig, in the in the metaphor, a pig is ugly. And so the fact that you put a gold ring, the gold ring may be beautiful, but it's not going to be able to overcome the overall ugliness of the thing that it's in. And therefore, Isha, what's talking about Isha Fabasaratam, he says people look at the beauty of women, and that's why they chose women here, but it's really about human beings. So you can have a beautiful outer form of a woman, and people say, oh, what a beautiful woman, but if she's a Sarav Isha um if, if she's sarat ta'am, if she doesn't have uh, good insight, good substance to her, then her beauty isn't there at all. And that is and that is what the point of the Pusik is. So this is obviously a Pusik about the the fleeting nature or the vanity of focusing only on physical beauty. I feel like we live in a society, Western society at large, certainly America, in which external beauty is assumed to reflect internal beauty, and it's so often not true. I'm not saying it's never true. It might be true. But it's so often not true that this is what Mishnah is warning against, not to think of external beauty as having any inherent value of its own. If it reflects an internal beauty, an internal beauty that's wonderful. But other than that, it's, uh, it's an irrelevant, it should be ideally an irrelevant factor, or it's one that one should learn to render irrelevant. That, um, Reniono says, Lo You're not really a tzaddik until you get rid of all of your inappropriate desires. And that's why it says, To be qualified as a tzaddik, to be a card-carrying tzaddik, you have to have all of your desires be for the good. And that's ach. And it means you have to get rid of any of your negative desires. Whereas, Tigvat Rishaim, uh, whatever Rishayim we're looking for is really a sin. Um, it's not only that they want evil, but they're hoping for it. They're looking for a future 
in which that's true, in which uh, things are going wrong for others, in which they're succeeding, and all those kinds of things. And that is a distinction, again, has nothing to do with particular mitzvah observance, particular rituals. It's an overall character, and that tzaddikim, to be a real tzaddik, it's all of your goals and ideals have to be for the good, and rishaim are those who are seeking sin and bad things to happen. Yesh mefazer v'nosaf od v'chosheich v'chosheich miyosher ach l'masor. There are those who spread out or give away a lot of money, and it's going to end up being good for them. They're going to get more out of it. Whereas there are those who refrain from doing right and good, and they're going to end up losing because of it. So this is clear and simple. Rinyona does not comment on it. It's clear and simple that what it means is that you think that spending money is always a bad thing, or you're going to lose it. Depends on what you're spending it on. And there are times when you save money, and it's not going to help you at all. Pasukhaf hey, nefesh beracha tedushan umarvei gamhu yoreh. That a generous person will enjoy prosperity, and when you satisfy others, you're going to be satisfied as well. Similar idea. Monei abar yikavu laom uvracha l'rosh mashbir. Somebody who holds back. So here it says food. Monei abar, he withholds grain, will earn the curse of other people. And you'll get a rosh abracha, will come to a rosh mashbir, to the heads of somebody who gives out food and shares his bounty with others. While this is certainly true of food in the literal sense, it's also true the Gemara assumes that this is true about a person who refuses to teach Torah that he knows. Now there are some pieces of Torah that one can know and one could say, it's wrong of me, it's inappropriate, it's not right for me to teach it because people aren't ready for it. But aside from that, if there's Torah that is property to be teached and you refuse to teach it when people want it, so that the Gemara assumes to be a meaning of this passage as well. When they abide, you will own people will curse you. You deserve to be cursed. Whereas somebody who spreads his Torah is brachal erong shmashibir. Pasuk of Zayin shocher tov yevakesh ratzon v'dereish ra'ah tivo enu. So shocher tov yevakesh ratzon is that somebody whose job it is, or is in a position in which he's really supposed to be in charge of others, or responsible for others, and uh, look out for others. And this is true of everybody to some extent. Uh, is is needs to be asking and praying and seeking. Their better welfare. That's Shochirto Yivakesh Ratzon. Rinyona points out that there's Gemara's to say that if you pray for somebody else, you'll get answered about yourself first because you're supposed to be praying for other people. It talks about the importance of being a Parnas and that the job of communal leaders is always to be worried about and concerned with the welfare of the community as a whole and to be seeking the welfare of the community as a whole. And if they don't, they're going to be in trouble. Whereas Doresh Ra'ah, but if you're looking for evil, Rinyona points out that's the other extreme. You're going to just a person who neglected to seek the good for other people. Rinyona says, yeah, but that's the way Mishle always works. Mishle always contrasts these two extremes and opposites. That's what's going on here as well. So that'll happen to that person then. So, so that it's not true that one can be basically apathetic to others around them. You have to be looking for their welfare. If you do, you'll get and seek their welfare and pray for them. You, the, the, the premise and the promise is you will get good for doing so. Your concern for others will redound to your credit and success. Whereas if you don't and you seek the evil, then it'll happen to you. Somebody you trust in their wealth is going to fall. Whereas the righteous will flourish like foliage, ke'ale, like foliage, and the righteous are people who don't trust in their wealth. So Rinyona points out, this is a midah k'negah thing. If your trust is in your wealth, so then the wealth will be lost, because that's the way to punish you, punish the person who has an over, overweening sense of the importance of their wealth. This is a trap that I think 
I think many of us fall into. We think of wealth as being a source of security. Now, it's true that when we operate by the rules of the world and society and nature, it's important to have some level of wealth. So I'm not saying one can, I'm not one of those who believe that one can just sit at home and say, well, Hashem provides, I don't have to do anything. We have to try, we have to do our thing. But to think of that as being the source of our security is what Mishnah is protesting, and it will go away. Whereas those who trust in Hashem, and and then also do their job in terms of their hishtadlut, of their trying and their efforts, and then they will uh, flower forth like the foliage, and, and it's their trust in Hashem that will lead and help and encourage that flowering. Somebody who um, uproot, makes trouble for his household, will inherit the wind, whereas a fool is a slave to the wise-hearted. So, Rabbi Yonah understands to me that Nochir Beto is somebody who doesn't provide properly for his household in their future, so he doesn't educate his kids, he doesn't try to seek to train them in the right ways, and it's all in a way to, he thinks he's saving money. I won't pay tuition for a proper yeshiva that will teach them the ways of Torah and the ways of Yashrut and the ways of dealing with Hashem. So, they're really going to get nothing in the end because then the kids will grow up and they won't know anything, they won't be able to do anything, and they'll end up losing all of their money anyway. And such evilim will become avadim lechachmele because the wise will eventually take over and inherit all of these things. Pritzadik eats chayim, v'lokeach nifashot chacham. Pritzadik, the the product of a tzadik, meaning his children, and what will happen with his children? He will train them from their youth. He will discipline them, and he will train them and raise them in a way that will teach them the right ways to live. And therefore, it will produce an Eitzchayim. Um, and then, Lokech Nevashot, Rebbe Niyon thinks might be also a tzaddik, that it's not only uh, learning for himself, but he also learns for the purpose of doing actions. And then, um, he will be able to draw his children to him for sure. Um, and he'll teach them the right way. But the Chacham Shidvarad Nishmaim Lokech Nevashot, but somebody who goes out into the world and teaches out there, he will be able to draw others by... Uh, helping them learn and understand the right way to live, and that's lokeach nefashot hachacham. So a tzaddik can raise his own children because all he does is he does whatever he does. He does his actions. He does all the things of good. But the only people that he has in his control are his children, those who are who he can raise in the right way. But a hacham who has the opportunity and the ability to teach to speak to others, he will be able to be lokeach nefashot. Final pasuk of the parak: Hein tzaddik ba'aret yushalam avki rasha vechotei. The says, if you see a rasha who's succeeding. Don't think that it's gonna it's gonna last because Rasha will eventually get what's coming to him. But a, a tzaddik gets. Rabbi says in this repentance says as well that he gets the tzaddikim get repaid in this world for their sins, and that's why you sometimes see them suffering. Whereas the rishaim get the repayment for whatever good deeds they do, and that's why you see them sometimes succeeding. So not to think that any of this reflects the reality of the world or the way the world will ultimately work and function and, and go, but rather it's just a, a temporary glitch and therefore don't let it mislead you. So again, I'm a little bit over time. These have been long prakim, full of uh, important ideas. The basic ideas, though, are ones that I've reviewed several times in the course of the parak and I've said over and over again, so I won't summarize here, but basic ideas, I suppose being, be a tzaddik, not a rasha, be aware of the ultimate value in tzidkut in righteousness, and, and to recognize that Sikkut is not a characteristic that is beyond anybody because it's not a function of any particular talents. It's a function of ways in which we train ourselves and ways in which we choose to act. Have a great day.